The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Vaughn, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station XD TV, Channel 13 in, Palm, in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m on station KB-TV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lapbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience. Saints, wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and covenants and homes, and should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To begin the musical portion of the program will be our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn singing for us this heartwarming song entitled, The Call. Will you be ready, viewers, to heed the call of Jesus? Will you leave all your worldly positions behind to pick up your cross and follow Him? Jesus awaits with open arms to receive you unto Him. Be ready. Accompanying our church choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and myself on the organ. 
The multi-talented members of our church band, under the leadership of Yoshua, will play this gentle and tender-loving tune entitled, The Longer I Serve Him. In Hebrews 13:5, we read in part, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Our journey with Jesus always has low risk but high rewards. When you continue your walk with Him, you will find that He is omnipotent and omnipresent, and all that is required of us is believing in the gospel. The gospel that Jesus saves, Jesus heals. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon.
Our soloist this morning will be a soul's bass, Marvin Abing, as he sings his beautiful number entitled, Who Am I? Because of a such a thought-provoking statement of these three little words, Jesus became the sacrificial lamb for the sins of the whole world on the cross of Calvary. So we could be saved according to John 3, 5, Acts 2, 38, and Acts 4, 12. Accompanying our solos will be Trusty Associates Bass, Evans Broad Sr., and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Iris Locke on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. As a child of God, we must praise and worship Him in spirit and in truth. Whenever we enter into His temple, we do so with joy in our heart and a desire for the reading of God's words. Words to live by, words of wisdom, words to heal us, and words to rejoice in. Jesus is our shepherd and we are His sheep. We must honor Him daily and praise His holy name. Our church choir, once again, will sing for us His uplifting song entitled, Come to the Temple. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen.
Believing that he is the author and finisher of our faith, this morning's ensemble is thankful for the things Jesus has done for them, is doing for them, and will continue to do for them in their lives until he returns in clouds of glory. Wars for Jesus Christ are the Carilla Trill, who will delight us on the ukuleles, this robust and toe-tapping number entitled Sold Out. Accompanying them on the piano will be their mother, Johanna Carrillo.
Bless this morning to have a vocal group known as the Saints in Harmony amaze us with an inspirational song entitled, Working Out Your Own Salvation. I will be accompanying them on the piano. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful number to Rose Marie Casillo of Maui. May the good Lord continue to bless you and your family in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday, Rose. Followers of the Lord, trusting in His power, hearkening to His word. Gird ye on the Spirit's mighty sword, working out your own salvation. God is faithful, He is working too, of His pleasure, both to will and do. renew, working on your own salvation. See before a crown of glory lies, run the heavenly race, reach it for the prize, forward facing, mount the starry skies, working on your own salvation. Shall banish to his blissful sight, working out your own salvation. God is faithful, he is working too, of his pleasure, both to will and do. Now your vow of diligence renew, working out your own salvation. God is he is working too of his pleasure both to will and do now his pleasure both to just renew working out your own salvation working out your own salvation hi and praise the lord everyone i'm associate pastor melvin honda and i would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, 
from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the scheduled gospel services here in the home state of Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, Gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Bologo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobado, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, if you decide to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. We have all won victories in one way or another. Yes, viewers? We should praise and thank God for them. However, many tend to seek the Lord only in time of need. We forget the greater picture, which is our responsibility to serve and please God. We fail in this endeavor because as humans, we tend to regard the Lord only in terms of how He can serve and please us. At some point in time, we reverse the role of God and man. Therefore, one step towards rectifying the existing situation is to make the reading of God's Word an important and major part of our lives. After all, His Word is a lamp unto our feet, and His Word is forever settled in heaven. I pray, viewers, my sermon, we are laborers together, will serve its purpose and draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and bring to memory our obligations to Him. On the first Monday of each September, we celebrate Labor's Day. However, every day is Labor Day for the true born-again Christian. In essence, he should be living to witness and win souls for Jesus. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. We all need to learn the lesson of working together in harmony, not for self, but for God. 
Some people work for daily sustenance. Some to pay for a home or to educate their children. Only a few can truthfully say, I am working with God and for God. The world has no respect for one who is lazy, but honors a man who works hard, honestly, and diligently. History was made by workers and idlers alike. When we look at God's work, however, we see that it has been carried on by those who were willing to put their shoulders to the gospel wheel. Jesus tells us in John, the ninth chapter and the fourth verse, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. This means to work while one has still has his vigor, vitality, and energy. All too soon, one's health and strength fail him, for time passes rapidly, and he suddenly finds himself without his well-being and plagued by those common ailments which accompany old age. And gone forever is the golden opportunity that was his to have served the Lord at peak capacity. Read in Psalms chapter 90, verses 9 to 10 and 12. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. That is seventy. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, eighty, Yet is there labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. The greatest tragedy of the Depression was that so many men were taught that work was unnecessary, since the government or someone else would support them. We find at the present time, we are headed for another depression because of this attitude. But being idle is not God's way. Six days shalt thou labor is the commandment of the Lord. God said Adam, to Adam in Genesis 3.19, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. In 2 Thessalonians 3.10, we find one of Paul's remarks to the Thessalonians, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. I believe it is perfectly all right for us to support those who cannot work because of valid reasons. But still, charity is no substitute for honest work. The city of Corinth collapsed into oblivion because its citizens became so wealthy, they ceased to work. Rome waxed great in power and wealth, but became a nation of idlers. She lived on taxes extorted from others. Her power filled with decay and wickedness perished from the earth. I'm afraid our nation is fast becoming a nation of idlers. Men everywhere are crying for less work and more pay. 
Many have lost their ambition, incentive to do an honest day's work. It is a very serious condition when people live as parasites upon the sweat and toil of others. This breaks down morale and breeds worthless citizens. However, I want to talk to you about an elite group of workers who had the special distinction of being laborers in the vineyards of God. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. He said, my father worketh hitherto, and I work. The father's business requires haste. We read in John 4, 34 to 36, Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth the wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. There is much to do and so little time in which to do it. The fields are white unto harvest. Do you have a place of service in these fields? Are you working for the Lord or for self? You must learn two things in order to be successful. You must learn to work, and you must learn to work with others. Listen to Psalms 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In unity there is strength and victory, which brings us to the need for cooperation. When King Solomon led the people in erecting God's temple, he employed 70,000 burden bearers. In addition, there were 80,000 hewers of stone laboring in the mountains who never came near the temple and skillful men, numbering in the hundreds, working with gold, silver, and brass. During the past World War, there were millions of servicemen giving and doing their best for America. All those different branches of service were concerned, all worked together as a great and unified team towards the common goal of winning the war. One of the most obvious and best examples of unity was the past war in the Persian Gulf named Desert Storm. In that encounter, coalition forces of the United States, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and other member countries of the United Nations banded together to fight a common enemy. Other countries that did not send in armed forces provided financial and or moral support instead, and the Japan and Russia. Still others that were not of the coalition had the most difficult task of all to perform and such a monumental task fell upon Israel, which was asked to hold back and do nothing at all in retaliation for each Scud missile attack it experienced. As stressful as the entire situation was, each stood fast in its commitment, and after only several months, the war came to a quick end. As a result, thousands of lives were saved and bloodshed for the coalition was a bare minimum. And this miraculous story of success is due to the fact that the coalition performed in total unity. Let this truly be a lesson to each and every one of us on how unity can serve and fulfill great purposes and goals. Yes, 
There would never have been a temple of Jerusalem had the people not worked together in unity. On the day of Pentecost, 123 were gathered in one mind, in one heart, and one accord. They were rewarded by being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue or language. The phrase, united we stand, divided we fall, still rings true today. Men have learned to work with God in material ways. The forces of electricity have existed throughout time because God put them here, but it was up to man himself to harness his great power. God puts rich soil upon the earth, but he leaves it to man to cultivate this soil. He puts metals and minerals in the bosom of the earth, but he expects man to find, extract, and use them. We have always had the atom, but only in recent years have men worked with God in ways that have enabled them to find the power contained in these atoms. God wants us to be involved in other matters too, such as bringing forth a beauty in human souls and helping to transform lives through his power. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. God holds the world in the hollow of his hands. When a person is born again of water and of the spirit, he is transformed into a new creature in Christ Jesus. The necessity of the new birth stems from natural man's inability and impotency to see or enter into the kingdom of God without it. No matter how gifted, moral, or refined he may be, natural man is absolutely blind to spiritual truth and unable to enter God's kingdom of his own accord, for he can neither obey, understand, nor please God. The highest degree one can receive from the Lord is a B.A. degree. For until one is born again, B.A., he cannot receive that coveted degree. Reading John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water means to be baptized by immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ. We read in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to speak in tongues or in unknown language. The only evidence, according to the Bible, which can be used to confirm that one has indeed been baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us that baptism is essential to salvation. Baptism is a type of death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And why is the name of Jesus so important in baptism? It is the only saving name according to Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yes, whatever we do in word or deed must be done in the name of Jesus Christ. I beseech those of you who have not done so to accept the Lord Jesus as your Savior, Master, and Lord and you will experience the greatest joy in your lives. Our major task here on earth is to win souls for Jesus, to help in his behalf, 
to live faithfully and to spread the gospel to this lost and dying world by giving of our time and substance. Thus, when the moment comes and we meet Jesus in heaven, surely we will hear him say to each of us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I would like to share an experience with you. One day I was watching three men working at the construction site of a great building. I asked one man what he was doing. He said, I am mixing motor. To the same question, the second man responded, I am working for $20 per day. The third man replied as he looked towards heaven, I am building a great church where men might come and worship God in the beauty of holiness. The last man had within him the right concept of true labor. He was not laboring just for today, but for all the days that were to come, even after his own earthly passing. Reading John 6, 27, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Therefore, put your hand in the nail-pierced hand of Christ and be willing to labor and be spent for him. Judgment is one of the major topics in the Word of God. Paul spoke to a group of intellectuals, reading Acts 17, 30-31, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent, because he had appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he hath ordained. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. God guaranteed judgment when he raised Jesus from the dead. God does not always wait until the end of life to pay off. We often have to face judgment right here. There is an old saying that a young man must sow his wild oats. If he does, he is going to reap their harvest. Paul tells us in Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall ye also reap. Now this text was meant primarily for true born-again Christians. God is saying sins must be paid for both here and in the hereafter. Just picture Jesus dying on the cross. Why is he hanging there? Why is he suffering? Why is he dying? He never committed a sin, nor did he ever entertain an evil thought. Jesus is dying there in judgment. He is paying for your sins and mine. He was made sin for us. All our sins and the sins of the world were laid on him. Sin had to be punished and God's wrath fell upon him instead of us. Jesus said on one occasion, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Son was lifted up on the cross, and those who look to him today and obey his commandments will be saved. Thus, as we look at Christ on the cross, we see that he is taking the sinner's place. We read in Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the second verse, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There were three hours of darkness while he hung on the cross. This is also a picture of judgment. We are told that in the judgment, those who have rejected Christ will be cast into outer darkness. Thus, this darkness fell upon the earth while he hung upon the cross. 
This is a picture of the awful darkness which is surrounds sinners in their eternal doom. Christ was also made a curse for us. As you read in Galatians 3.13, Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Just think of it. He was the greatest person that ever lived. He opened the eyes of the blind. He caused the lame to walk. He cast out devils. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. His every touch was tender and blessed. Think one like of one like him, being made an accursed thing, but he bore it all for you and me. Therefore, we see that Calvary is the picture of judgment, the judgment which fell on Jesus because of our sins. This was Jesus' payday. He didn't deserve it, but he bore it all for us. Now we look at a Christian's payday, that is, one who is saved but commits sins after he has been saved. What is he to do about it? Something that he has lost and has to be saved again. No, as we are born only once, so we are born again only once. If a child of God sins, God will punish him right now. That chastisement will be for his or her own good. When you see your neighbor's children doing wrong, you do not punish them. But when your own children do wrong, you punish them. Well, God sees the devil's children in sin, and he doesn't chastise them. He saves that for the punishment of hell. But when he sees his own children doing wrong, he chastises them because he loves them. Reading Hebrews 12, 5 to 7, and he hath forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son. Despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he received. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chaseth not? But here's the wonderful thing. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. What does that mean? It means that if we sin and then sit in judgment upon ourselves, hating ourselves for what we have done, and if we confess our sins and get them out of our lives, we will then escape the rod of God. That's the way it is in a family. A boy does something wrong and immediately realizes it. He runs to his father and in tears confesses his wrong and asks his father to forgive him. The father is not likely to punish him, but if the boy goes his way, continually doing wrong, then when the father catches him, he will surely use the rod. We read in Proverbs 23, 13 to 14, withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. It is the same way with God. Therefore, if you have something wrong in your life, hurry and confess it. Turn away from it, lest your punishment be severe. Now let's think of the Christian's payday for his works. God is wonderful. He saves you, then he promised to pay off for the work that you do in his name. 
Read in Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Here's the biblical order of an upcoming event. Jesus will come in the air to rapture his very own, both the living and dead. Those who are water-washed, blood-washed, spirit-filled, and walking in the light. Through the Apostle Paul, we know that we shall not all sleep, that the dead in Christ shall rise first, and that living saints shall be changed and caught up to meet the Lord in the air at his return. And this is the next greatest event that is going to take place on this earth. There are going to be many missing persons. Are you going to be one of them? I hope so. He will then set up the judgment seat. That throne will be the site of reward or payment. He will judge all the works that you and I have done for him and reward us accordingly. If all works were done for God's glory, then he will richly reward us for our works. In the Bible, a crown is a picture or symbol of reward. The Bible mentions several crowns which will be given to certain ones at the judgment seat. There will be the soul winners, crown. It will be a crown of rejoicing. If you have won a single soul to Jesus, you will receive this crown at the judgment seat. The more souls you bring to Christ, the more stars you will have upon your crown. Then there is the crown of life, which will be given for faithfulness. Revelations 2.10 declares, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Therefore, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Han Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. To end another hour of sweet fellowship is our church band playing this awesome tune entitled, Work for the Night is Coming.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.